0: Good afternoon. It is nine minutes past two and you are listening to the 123 show here on RTHK Radio 3 with me, Carolyn Wright, standing in for Noreen Mir today. She's having a few days off, so I'm looking after things for the first half of the week. Kicked off the hour there with a new single from Green Tea Peng called Nah, It Ain't the Same. I think you're supposed to say it with a bit of a South London accent, but I don't want to say that I can do that because I certainly can't. And around this time on a Tuesday, I believe Nori normally catches up with Andrew Dembina for a bit of talk on food and drink. Andrew, are you there?
1: Hello, Carolyn. Yes, I am. Yeah. How are you doing over there? Green tea. Nice segue it's a food and drink
0: talk. I thought it was sort of appropriate, you see? That that was my thinking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Nice one. Nice one. Got Lo- it. Lovely. Sorry for sorry sorry for for bringing it to everyone's attention, but uh, but yeah, good job.
0: No, no, that's it. I like <laughs> yeah. it, you know, that yeah. the obvious segue is what I'm, you know, good at, I think, sort of maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> So tell me, yeah. what
0: is what is going on in in the world of food and drinks? Do we start with a little bit of what Is happening locally?
1: Sure, sure, yeah. Well, okay, um, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, because I've been uh, writing uh, for lifestyle magazines on food and drink for some time as well, I've remained on lists for a really long time from some uh, restaurant groups and stuff that had gone really quiet. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, tons and tons of press releases have oh. been coming in in the last two weeks yeah. and it's great news really because uh, you know there have been uh, restaurants uh, and bars even more so have been having to be very inventive about doing any business at all takeaway um, or uh, or getting people in in the very restricted numbers and hours that have been allowed until two weeks ago when uh, of course, four to a table and later opening times resumed, which was excellent news. And so, a lot of them, I'm sure, anyone who's uh, been in any corner of town has seen a lot more of a buzz around restaurants um, with the still 50% capacity allowed, but uh, but with the extended numbers per table. And uh later hours till 10 p.m makes a massive difference. Uh, Have you been out and about and seen all this well,
0: well that's it I've definitely seen that there are crowds out and about and it is it's really nice to see things filling up again and and it does seem like you know there are a few sort of deals on still which are out there to be grabbed which is yeah. which is nice to sort of encourage people to feel confident enough to get themselves out again of an evening.
1: That's true, there definitely are. Um, I mean, it's uh, some of them, to be honest, uh, there are deals and people do need those because... There's not really too many hoops to jump through. We all know probably that the, uh, the um, you know, there's the, the government app, the Leave Home app. Oh, yeah. Or write down your details on a bit of paper uh, option that, that has to be done. Um, there certainly have been some different approaches. I've been to a couple of different restaurants myself. Yeah. And in, uh, I mean, I live in a more rural pocket of Hong Kong. Yes. And, uh, and, and around my vicinity. Uh, the restaurants um, they're still they are doing it of course kind of just sort of chuck it on the table they have to of course yeah yeah it, but, it, but they chuck a bit of paper on the table there's no real checking they uh we just casually asked how long they'll keep the bit of paper for and um, I think the answer was uh, two or three weeks, or until the end of the month. Um, yeah. the, uh, the 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 manager wasn't sure. He said it's one of the two. So, <laughs> so, so, so well, the, actually, and, uh, given that it was in the last few days of February, the, uh, the, the end of the month in that particular restaurant would have come around pretty fast.
0: So yeah. I don't know, it might <laughs> <laughs> they might have gone already. I think my favourite thing is I enjoyed the ones who had it that looked like it was a little ballot box, so you folded up a, oh. a, an individual slip of paper that you were given and then put it yeah. put it in the box there, yes. You know, because well, you know, question- you're keeping your, all your details secret and safe and all of that.
1: Sure, sure. The <laughs> question is though, Carolyn, did you vote for yourself? Of course I did. Of course <laughs> you did. Uh, a rhetorical silly joke question. Okay. <laughs> yes. um Well, but, but outside, outside of Hong Kong.
0: Oh yeah. I sometimes
1: do in this segment. Uh, wanted to start, but with something that I mention, uh, something to mention that I saw. Um, coming from the USA, right? Um, because yes, yeah. Yesterday, being March the first, marks the start of something that's been going on just for the last recent few years, um, which in America has been called Black History Month.
0: Oh um, yes, has
1: caught on, yeah, you know, in, in other parts of the world. But uh, but it's something certainly a thing there. And um, in honor of this, uh, in New York, uh, the National Museum of Food and Drink hosted okay. a series of online programs highlighting themes. From an upcoming exhibition that's called African American Making the Nation's Table. Oh. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And um, the, it was meant to be kicking off uh, last March, two thousand and twenty, for um, you know for Black History Month. Then, but yeah. with COVID, it, it couldn't. Right. And so they're hoping they've actually really uh, got the exhibition rooms ready. Uh, not that anyone listening right now might need to be <laughs> heading to New York in March. <laughs> and it's a, you know, fingers crossed, most optimi- optimistic scenario. You
0: know? Definitely. Um, yeah, we got to yeah. be that way. Um,
1: yeah, but but
0: failing that,
1: there are six online programmes um, that, that celebrate uh, the contributions of African-American chefs, okay. distillers, um, and food activists mean like pushing something as being either um, a superfood or, or great, or just a tasty, great new combo. Okay. Um, and uh, in, and innovators in food um, with with Afro-American heritage, and they um, they are um, going for a theme in the uh, Museum of Food and Drink, yeah. which is um, that, that there's more to the African-American contribution. Often think okay. there's a broader scope. Yeah, because a lot of, in America, in particular, I don't know about here or what you might uh, know or, or think, or if you've even tried these things. But most people in America, um, if not some other parts of the world, think of African American cuisine as being the most southern US dishes uh, attributed to Black communities, such as fried chicken, mm-hmm. something called um, collard greens. Oh which yeah. Are yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, I, I it, it's like the world's biggest cabbage-like le- leaf, leafy veg that is really, really hard to cut. It's like the thickest, massive cabbage you can imagine. Like the stuff that you might have got for school dinners that, that was that was just that was only partially boiled, and you had to chew on it in five minutes to, 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 to try and get rid of it. Otherwise, the teacher would tell you off if you didn't eat it. So, uh,
0: so or, or the dinner ladies. <laughs> uh, so, hopefully, there's more to it than that. Oh yeah, sorry. I went off on a bit of a tangent. That which oh, wow. you hated the collard greens. To, to Clearly, cabbage. you're not a fan but... of cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, but um, and the other one is the cornbread,
0: which is a, I
1: don't you've had that. It's a kind of it's a bit like a, a light sponge cake but a savoury one. Okay. It's a sound that's a, Seasoned with sometimes bits of ham or spices and stuff, and it goes it goes on a on a plate as a, a carbohydrate instead of potato or rice. Oh. Those are the things that are known generally, yeah, for southern um, Black community dishes in the U.S. But so what this exhibition and these online uh, videos that have been specially put up and are available now on demand show is that the influence of uh, the first uh, Afro American Settlers to the US have really made in all sorts of different areas, okay. and um, so yeah, I mean, from um, distillings uh, to when they in in um, let me see, it was in um, uh, certain African countries um, there was a um, there was a tradition to add charcoal particles to uh, to to home distilled fruit based liquor to get rid of um, germs and dirty uh, sediment that would settle at the bottom of that.
0: How that interesting.
1: Be, yeah, yeah, and they, and they brought that to the spirits industry. Um, some of the first um, African-Americans in the US that, that, whose origins are actually being brought over through slavery, but as they managed to um, uh, become uh, self-employed or working with other with other companies, when they worked for some distilleries, they... Yeah brought this technology which is a which is a basic one but on an industrial scale it can be beefed up to, um, to filter you might I mean we, we may have all heard of this. certain uh, even some kind of snazzy trendy drinks have charcoal filtered on
0: yeah? Yeah, yeah, them yeah. It it,
1: yeah yeah and it comes from these um, really quite rustic communities that were doing that um, in uh, in Niger and Ghana those are the two African countries that, uh, that were first known to use that method awesome. which is kind of interesting yeah yeah and, um, other other topics that will be both in the real form when the museum opens and um, with America being inoculated, hopefully they will be able to open the proper museum. Yeah, is um, is is all about rice because there's a big tradition of uh, rice growing and eating um, in Africa and among the yeah yeah Afro American communities, um, and so the identity of this is debated with an amazing panel. It's got to be said, some of these videos online are a little bit geeky though, but uh, but it's really, really massive, um, knowledgeable uh, panels. Uh, well, when I say massive, it's more, more about four or five, but, it's, but the depth of their knowledge or, or breadth of their knowledge is amazing. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, authors, food authors, uh, cookbook authors, and food scientists are all on these par- uh, panels. There's another one about the American, the history of American barbecues called, there's a video, and uh, it takes the standpoint that enslaved Africans wrote the initial narrative for the modern story of the American barbecue. Oh, wow. You know, you think of a, yeah, and you think about Americans as always being um, kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a middle class or, or you know, white American um family sort of thing but uh but the the uh the video here argues the case that it uh, has its origins in the uh afro-american uh, community who um who were doing this out of uh, kind of necessity for not having indoor kitchens they, and, <laughs> say, and, they didn't have a kitchen their... yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah really <laughs> community rather you know around the uh, uh, accommodation and doing this outdoors and um so um you can check all of this out all right uh, there, there is there are six video programs yeah it's on the um uh so the museum of food and drink which is uh, mofad m-o-f-a-d yeah. dot org and um if you go to the home page there um Find uh, there. There are. There's a lot of blurb on all of this. uh, You know, uh, month of uh, exhibitions. Hopefully, when it opens, and videos on demand being available. They do cost. um, It's five U.S. dollars uh, for one. But it's but it's thoroughly, thoroughly researched and really interesting. Um, So um, other and and if you look at the video on demand, you'll see there's a whole list of other ones that they've only been doing for uh, just over a year. There's about only about twenty or so. Six of them are from. From, um, you know this um, Black Awareness uh, um, Month that's going on, so um, uh, and the other topics are very much kind of American centric. If you're interested in um, things like uh, Mexican foods, Jewish delis, and and uh, and also um, uh, recipes that have a crossover between Asian and American. Oh, palettes, you know. Uh, yeah, always yeah. interesting.
0: Excellent, excellent. Sounds yeah. like plenty yeah. of stuff with a lot of passionate people uh, explaining what that what all these, you know, the origins of things are.
1: Definitely. If you're going to watch one, Carolyn, get your notebook ready. Oh, well. a lot, it's, it's a little bit academic. <laughs> okay. no, not, not really. I don't want to put you on. So um, okay, and uh, slipping back closer to our Asian reader uh, for another story next, this yeah. time from Singapore. Yeah. Um, where police are investigated currently a case of intentional harassment involving Food Panda delivery orders in a neighbourhood called Jusang. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one. Right. Police were alerted, uh, yeah, after a uh, a resident of a kind of uh, housing development uh, posted a social media photo or two about prank orders when more than 12 riders from Food Panda turned up... um, with deliveries that were all for the same address and hadn't been ordered. That's um, weird. It's it is it is weird, but it's something that is a continuation of something that police noticed started last year in 2020. Right. Frank orders being something. Yeah, they issued a statement last year. At the Singapore Police Force saying that unlicensed moneylenders have increasingly been making use of uh, food delivery services to harass debtors. So. Unlicensed moneylenders, uh, A.K.A. loan sharks, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, are, uh, are ordering large quantities of food to make multiple orders to annoy people who owe them money <laughs> and, uh, and arrange for lots of food to be delivered to the debtors' homes, often late at night. The police said. <laughs> so
0: it just seems is, so is bizarre. It's, yeah, what, what it's a weird
1: a, story. This was strangest form
0: of harassment. When you're like, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, mind yeah. a pizza I'm right. right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and, and just like you see in any gangster movie, it's not only the people who own money, but it's their family. So some of the some of the relatives of people who own money have been also last year um, yeah. sent food delivery to harass them to cause embarrassment to the person who actually um, has borrowed money from the loan shark. So it's de- it's a deliberate thing to cause annoyance to get people to try and pay back and. Um, So the police have given a massive warning about this last year, and they did catch uh, some of the people who were doing it last year, and it all kind of went away, but it's just come back again. Um, So there were a load of arrests last August, but in the last couple of weeks, it's all started bubbling up again. Pretty bad, actually, in the time of uh, a, a pandemic where restaurants have been closed in Singapore too. There have been really serious times, like in Hong Kong where and, restaurants have been closed completely. Yeah,
0: and they're um, probably struggling just as badly. So if they then get fake orders yeah, and lose out completely exactly. because they, you know, yeah. preparing food they're, and then they, no one wants to pay for it. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. They 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 end up no doubt <laughs> arguing with the food delivery service about um, about who's going to, you know, foot the bill. Yeah. And um, so so yeah, I haven't heard of this kind of thing happening in our neck I did a search for it before talking to you today. Yeah. And I did a search, and so nowhere else in the world did anything turn up doing news searches for more than 10 minutes, I promise. Um, there was, <laughs> well, maybe there
0: now were, there you've was, said it on the radio here, everyone's going to be at it.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hope I'm I haven't inspired anyone don't do it, in the words of Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, 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 no, it's really, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty sad thing to do. Isn't
0: it? it is, yeah.
1: it is. Cause that disruption. Yeah. Um, and the last thing, Carolyn, because yep. I'm just clocking clocking the time. Absolutely. You've got to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, from, from, uh, from the US via Singapore, finally back home to Hong Kong. Over the last uh, year, it's the bars, as I mentioned when we first started this chat today, have probably had the worst hammering in terms of their business. Yeah. Uh, lots of them have closed. I mean, really, um,
0: it oh, was yeah. announced
1: by the Hong Kong Bar and Club Association that 70 bars are expected to shut imminently after the Lunar and New Year holidays. That's really, you know, because they, they just couldn't keep going and so from now it's expected around about now that around 70 are going to join the 140 that called last orders for their last time in uh, 2020 it's very because sad of not having enough customers it's very sad and yeah. um, you know some have tried takeaway kits with yep. their own branding logos on bottles mixers and even snacks peanuts and they'll they'll do all these things and try and sell them but it just hasn't brought in enough money because i've still got to pay these massive rents everywhere yeah so it, in yeah, in the face of uh, the most scary times possibly ever for bars in Hong Kong, or certainly you know we've ever heard of, um, there's a new trend that's beginning of uh, more and more so-called dive bars opening. Dive right. bars, as in no no frills, slightly cheaper drinks. Yeah, and uh, we should expect to see this happening more and more.
0: There'll okay. Be a
1: few open. What's amazing is most of them are around Soho. I mean, I mean, uh, do, you, do you, you know, that's that's a high area, isn't it? Yeah. But I've got to ask the question though. Okay. Would, would you, if you go out for a drink, do you prefer to go somewhere where there's a kind of crowded area, or would you
0: go? Oh, at the moment I'm a way? bit I'm a bit scared, so I do tend to try and go for somewhere a little bit quieter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. S- yeah. S- sensible. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention the name of the. Places because we try not to do that too much on RTHK. That's true. But um, but, but there are but there are some uh, places that, that have one of them has opened just recently uh, in the bang in the middle of Soho. Uh, Won't well, mention the name, but it's in Peel Street. Okay. Well, and, if you uh, search it out,
0: you uh, can probably find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and they're, but they're selling drinks for around the forty to fifty dollar mark, and for Hong Kong, I'm including like uh, a um, a really kind of. Beer, a cocktail of salt or, or a spirits of mixer or a draught beer, and that's that's a lot less. Then bars has traditionally been uh, serving in Soho. They're selling food as well, by the way. I should add. I should add because it's illegal. Well, not it's, legal to well I was going to say because
0: that's the problem, isn't it? That the bars who can't get yeah. themselves a restaurant license of any sort, they're the ones who are really mm. scuppered because they can't open yeah. at all. But if these guys have managed to fa- find a way around it, yeah. I would imagine there's a lot of people out there who would really appreciate, you know, cheaper drinks and stuff like that. Because you know, a lot of people, yeah. are, you know, whether they're they've lost their jobs or you know just exactly. things aren't as good as they were before so people still want that's it they still want to go out and enjoy themselves but they simply can't afford to do it as they would have done in the past
1: exactly 120 or over 100 sometimes for cocktails quite used to be quite a regular thing indeed people can't afford that no so (laughs) so that's a new trend diet bars folks
0: Excellent. Well, I l- that is definitely a trend we should be diving into. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely okay. brilliant. Yeah. Really enjoyable to catch up with you, Andrew. Maybe you I will meet you. you at some point in the near future in a dive bar somewhere in Soho. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
1: Okay. But, but of course, it'll be ordering food as well. Of course Just it will. Of course that. it will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Nice well, one. Speak to you soon. Okay. Afternoon. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. bye